This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest preview show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Welcome, one and all, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. And more importantly, the Back of the Nest match report for Brighton versus Two Touch Crystal Palace. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and I have a panel member for every shot we had at the Amex. In Hambo, Eskif and Albert. Oh, how we've laughed. Let's get into it. Back of the Nest. Sponsored by PitchSport. PitchDMM.com Yes, after a preview pod last week full of of the joys of spring about how Brighton were going to run us over. I mean, I guess they kind of did, but... Hey-ho, it didn't quite work out how it was meant to for them. So let me introduce you to my panel. I've got Hambo joining to do yet another match report on the preview pod. Indeed. Very excited to be here, uh, especially with with you three. Big fans of you all. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to celebrate that joy of, of joining you with a with a Brighton, a win against Brighton, if you can imagine mm. it. And a, and a very funny one at that. In fact, my... Um, my most popular ever tweet was the one I put the least amount of effort into, just saying that was honestly one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. I've put so much <laughs> other effort into other tweets and get like two likes, and this one's got about 260 odds. So there you go. Mm. Congratulations. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. Saved your dying Twitter account. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Sam Heskiff, welcome. Hello. Uh, we can see each other on video these days when we record these podcasts, and Sam looks like he's in a dungeon. <laughs> which is weird because i know it's on a, i know it's at least one level up from or two levels up from a dungeon so yeah it's definitely not a dungeon it's, <laughs> it's a bare wall <laughs> if i turn the camera around and you see like the manacles and chains that's a different story but <laughs> and um albert you you the back of your room looks like i don't know um a struggling writer um, who once upon a time was successful uh i'll Thanks. I don't, know, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> Three weeks in a row for you. It's a hat trick. Thank you very much. 
Do I get some sort right. of prize? Um, no, but you do get to have a beer check now and drink some booze. Damn! I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. Yeah, this week I'm going to say let's smash and grab a beer, baby, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and that's referring to the wonderful video, Heskiff, of Joel Ward. Um, well, pretty much in the background of every video that was going on on Palace TV. Yeah, I think uh, as much as we all loved it, Wardy, being the longest serving player that he is, was definitely feeling it as well, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, what was it? That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. <laughs> um, I'm still on uh, finishing off the Tiny Rebels this week, so I'm finishing off my Club Tropica. And um, we, we were, like, you know, we've got more sponsored beer checks coming, but we weren't going to waste one on a show where Hambo is here because he doesn't drink beer. So, um, mm. sorry, Hambo. Mm. <laughs> Thanks uh, for reminding me. Albert, you've got a Budweiser and um, no. S- suggestions, no suggestions of some gin. No. I've well, yes, I've had a couple of gins already. Uh I've got something something unfortunate has, has happened here. I've got a Pacifico, which is a fine Mexican lager. Um, which is what I was meant to have a few weeks ago when Desperados arrived in the shop. <laughs> but unfortunately, just before going on air, I put on some chapstick that turned out to be strawberry flavoured. And now I can taste that when I drink the beer. And it's kind of turned into the sort of thing that you probably like, Terence. So I've, I've got a real mixed palate at the moment. Just a hint of cherry chapstick. It's a fine, crisp Mexican cerveza with a sort of strawberry bubblegum tinge, um, and it's not pleasant. Many many years ago, I had, um, a, <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous, a friend who was on Babe Station, and she always had cherry chapsticks with her, but they'd contain these sort of like, it like almost like poison to make your lips swell up to look like they were fuller than they were. So it was always a trick to go around the pub and put it on people and then all of a sudden get an allergic reaction in their lips. But I have to ask. Re- I have to ask. <laughs> I have to ask. Please don't. <laughs> she was putting him on her face, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I said please. Oh. <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh- <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up because I'm sure there was people at home Needed that clarifying. Mm. I had a mate who was a camera who was a cameraman on Babe Station. We've probably got mutual friends. <laughs> Seriously, <I'm lost. laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Babe Station. <laughs> Can you? What do we get in the post when that sponsorship deal comes off? What's that going to be like? We're going to be sat here with some scantily clad, strawberry-lipped lady behind us dancing. <laughs> that's the dream mate that is the dream call me now um well talking of beautiful bastards <laughs> joel, joel ward unbeaten against brighton in eight games five wins and three draws all of those um losses that we like to forget for some reason or whatever joel Ward's not been involved uh, lucky charm yes yeah, i saw that uh statistic come up after the game and first of all i was surprised because you kind of think I mean, actually, our record against Brighton is pretty strong, let's face it. You know, certainly um, since we started playing them again, um, you know, starting with that wonderful 5-0 and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah, I, I was definitely surprised, but it was a welcome reminder, really, wasn't it, about just what a great player Wardy has been for us, and and as we've you know been talking about it, how much it clearly means to him as well. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's one of those statistics that you could point out and just say it's a bit of a quirk. I think you know it, we always the, the players who perform the best for Palace in these games are always the players who have that proper connection and really get it. I know Wilf's talked about it a lot, hasn't he? And you know you just know that Wardy's one of those players who it just means so much more to him than, than perhaps some of the others. Yeah, he was definitely uh, throwing his weight around a bit in that game, which I'm I'm sure we'll get into. Um, another another player, um, the man of the man of the moment. This one, Benteke. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have um, a good day. Bye. <laughs> he's joined Mane, Cisse, and um, former Palace. I was going to say legend, but not for everyone. Ian Wright as scoring. Um, that was his fourth 90th minute winner or later in the Premier League era, uh, which wow. means he's number one on that list with those three players. Albert, can you remember the other one? He scored one for Palace. The other two were for Villa, I assume. Oh, uh, sorry. A, a last minute winner. Yep. Big boom in header. Was it, Ever- was it Everton? No, he did score a big booming header. Well, that wasn't a booming header. That was a curling header somehow. Yeah. Um, but no, Heskiff's frantically waving around. I know the answer. <laughs> I can even was... tell you who, who got an assist in that game. Big big uh, man, Seki Friars. Big man, Seki Friars. Uh, Sunderland oh, away. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, come back from 2-0 down um, to win to win 3-2. Um Unsurprisingly, I think Jermaine Defoe probably scored both of the goals in that game for Sunderland. <laughs> Blimey! Um, but yeah, I mean that's a pretty good, pretty good record to have to you know score four 90th minute winners is pretty pretty special. Uh, one's enough usually for a player to you know go down in folklore and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I mean, I just can't get over it. I, st- I just still cannot get over it. Well, we're going to get more into the game, but yeah, let's, let's move on. Interesting stat that came out of this, guys. Um, and Hesk, if you can feel it, because you can probably remember the last time it happened. Oh, God. First time two recognised strikers have scored for Palace in the same game. Um, now, I did have someone pulling me up on Twitter saying, oh, well, you're discounting Zaha. I was like, Zaha's not a recognised striker. But yes, obviously discounting Zaha. He's been Teke? <laughs> <laughs> not a to uh, this guy. Yeah, a formerly recognised striker. Yeah. Uh, no. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, the last time two stri- recognised strikers scored in the same game, um, Heskiff. And it was it was a very a very special day for you. It was a very special day for me. Uh, it was a day that Wilfred... I'm sorry. It was my <laughs> wedding day. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, it was three, three all the way to Hull. Yeah, and who was the other striker? Fraser Campbell. It was um, late, wasn't it? Another again late oh, there. It was, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm not allowed to say Fraser Campbell saved my wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely didn't save your wedding day. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> what else we got? So, uh, so in the in the aftermath of the game, we WhatsApp just went wild in various Crystal Palace groups. I'm in on WhatsApp just went crazy, and. Um, Two of my favourites were voice notes from two people in this pod. So first, we just got this from Hambo. <laughs> just laughing, just laughing away there, Hambo. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't know how else to react to that because you know we'll talk about it. But it was genuinely hilarious, wasn't it? It was. You know, I don't want to. I don't. I want to use the iconic words that were said prior to the goal later on. So I won't say mm. them now. But but the whole thing, the how it came together, the pressure that was there. You know, we had no business even being level in that game at the time, and then to go up pretty much last kick of the game. And for Benteke to score the way he did, I, all I could do was laugh. It, it, you know, and I still haven't really stopped laughing inside. It is, it, it was a real tonic uh, to the to the kind of spirits at the moment. And that was, yeah, yeah, that, that's oh. that's a nice way of putting it. it has, absolutely, has been a real tonic to it because, um, yeah, I, I think Roy might have just saved his job in that game, to be honest. But um, Heskiff, the next one's from you, a little bit more guttural. It went, it went something like this. Yes! <laughs> uh, how did your dog handle that one? Yeah, he wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. <laughs> I, I did say, as I was, funnily enough, I was talking to someone in the sports palace at my work, and we were talking about the game. And I said that the, the noise that I made after both Mateta's goal and Benteke's were not human. Like I couldn't <laughs> recreate the noise that came out of my mouth when those goals went in. So the the, the voice grab to the, the voice clip to you guys of me just screaming was like quite settled considering <laughs> a little bit more stage i would yeah the um we'll play it in a little bit but uh, when you get we've got dr the nick's reaction to the goal from the watch along and it's um yeah i mean that is and it it captured a lot of people's like attention on twitter and stuff like that and people are just like you know it's it's beautiful because it is the absolute ridiculousness of ca- captured of how we celebrate goals and stuff like that and as, especially in such a big game and what was nice, it felt like a big game as well in terms of in the Palace world because lots and lots of ex-players were talking about it on Twitter. So ranging from Aki Rialati was was watching along to Yannick Bellassi to even Antonio Pedrosa, good old um, those Brighton wankers, Antonio Pedrosa. <laughs> so <laughs> n- nice to know that he's still paying attention. Um, I would have recorded and- a voice note, but I, I was bundling the wife. And if I'd have recorded audio of that, you might have called the police. <laughs> yeah you just you just wrote the words but i bundled the wife and um she didn't yeah. mind i did, i she pulled I, pu- I pulled a hammy doing it it's not a euf- <laughs> it's not a euphemism um well, well now but, we know that you you're wearing lovely cherry lip gloss as you do it it's um obviously she's not gonna mind you smell nice they're swelling right up it's like when i suspected <laughs> covid <laughs> Uh, when you look like Leslie Ash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just reminded me of that picture. That was horrifying. Oh, me or Leslie no, Ash? No, <laughs> no, well, no comment. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen either of you in the same room together. So <laughs> there's no room big <laughs> enough to contain you. lips like that. Your missus isn't Lee Chapman, is she? <laughs> Good reference. No, n- no, but she did go to she did go to Leeds Uni, so she might have picked up some tips. Uh, I'm not going to go any further with that, as it's your wife. Um, Lewis, Lewis Dunkgif. Heskiff, <laughs> uh, you can... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a great, there's a great sex criminal segue you could have made there, but you chose not to. Yeah, it's very big of you, Terence. Well done. I'm, I'm holding it in, but not very well. I, well, that's what he was accused of. <laughs> And cleared. <laughs> cleared of it. 
Pest gift. Lewis Dunk gifts. I mean, what a segue there. Um, Yeah, Lewis Dunk gifts. uh, Friend and former uh, producer of the show, Billiam, um, made a little gif of Lewis Dunk's reaction after Ben Teke had scored, sort of like zoomed in from the video. And it's... I mean, it's not probably, it's definitely the best gif I've, I've have ever seen because he's, <laughs> he's just, he's getting really angry and upset and he's having a little tantrum. Um, so I chucked that on Twitter and much like Hambo's, it did some good numbers, but I also had some Brighton fans replying to me saying like, at least our captain shows passion. He's got more passion than all of you lot. And I like, obviously I could have just replied with like gifts of Wilf celebrating against Brighton to show the passion. But I thought if I, if I just laugh at you, that's the that's the only response I need. I mean, I would have been tempted to bring out the clapper picture, you know, with a guy <laughs> crying into his clapper. That that's my favourite for Brighton fans. <laughs> that's real passion. Yeah, I, it felt like um, it's it's been quite funny reading and watching, you know, reading North Stand chat um, and watching that. I think oh, they've got a yes. podcast called Seagull Social, and it's just it's the same old thing, like. I could have rewound eight or nine years and then talking about, don't worry, you know, we're by far the better team and it's going to come for us and um, we play better football, we're a project, blah, blah, blah. You were saying the same thing eight years ago when we got promoted over you and you still haven't surpassed us now. So just because you've got XG, mate, put the put the ball in the back of the fucking net. <laughs> is, there, is there anything better, though, than being able to read North Stand chat after a Palace victory? It, I mean, it is a hobby that I have, I have missed because um, it feels like it's been a while since we've really, you know, really had that to celebrate. And in, in the way that we did it, it's just beautiful. Their pain just feeds me. There's a, <laughs> I, I went on to the, like the, the page of the, of, of the match day, Fred, at the point where the winning goal went in. And I think a couple of posts before it, it was someone saying like, we're a left back and a striker away from being like a very, very good Premier League team. And then two posts later, it was just like, fuck's sake, fuck, we're shit, fuck's sake, Ben Teke. And it was just like meltdown for like 20 pages. It was amazing. They got a point though. It was the left back who, I don't know what he was doing, when the spun, spun around in a 360, tries to form, follow Ben Teke. And it, he got, and a, bit, it, he got it, a bit dizzy, didn't he, by the looks of it? If only they had a clinical striker like Ben Teke. <laughs> right. Okay, I think we, we might as well get into it. So um, we'll start with... We'll start with a clip of um, of DR and Nick just, shall we say, overly enjoying the goal. That um, <laughs> I don't think you can overly enjoy that sort of goal, right? It was, it's it, just, it's, it's magical. Yeah, it's special. Andros, Andros, ball into the box. Come on, Andros. Get in the goal. Get in, With no further ado, Hamo, take us away with the match report. <laughs> Thanks for that. How the hell do you follow that? I mean, I love how high-pitched DR gets. That's my favourite part of that. I mean, it is proper screaming. But um, first watch-along I've missed in a, in a very long time, and I, and I missed a cracker, really. But it was great to see uh, Nick on there enjoying that with DR. And I mean, that I, I want to start 
by us talking about the goals. We usually talk about lineup and selection and leave the goals till a little bit later on. But you know, obviously, I'm desperate to talk about the winner. But Mateta's goal was something really, really special as well. Um, obviously, it was our first touch in the box, um, and you know, I, I think how it, how it came about was was you know was real quality. It's what Coyote gives you from you know for playing at the back, where he was able to kind of run out not under too much pressure. And I don't think you can underestimate the quality of pass down the wing to Ayu. Ayu, who had a, a, a superb game with the work work rate that he always gives you, but just really just taking on the run and being brave about it. And the analysis that, um, that, that Sky did during the course of the game was really good as well because they pointed out that Lewis Dunk very pleasingly got caught in no man's land, sort of half going out to help, help out uh, Dan Byrne but not really doing anything. But Mateta's movement and presence of mind was was brilliant. It shows that there really is a very good player there. Um, but for that, that to be your first Palace goal, to score against Brighton with a, a double nutmeg back heel, you know, uh, just, just, I didn't see that coming. When that ball went into the box, I thought there's nothing that he can do there. He's going to have to try and hold it up for somebody else to get back in. The movement, the spin, the finish... And then the disrespect to go and kick the corner flag like that in front of the Brighton subs. Magical. So, Terence, kick me off. Thoughts, thoughts, feelings? Well, I mean, there was probably about five or six minutes before he scored, another cross came in from that side. And I thought he had no chance of getting to it. And he came to life and nearly got there. And Lewis Dunk just got there ahead of him to clear it. And I was, I was thinking, God, he really, he's, he's not the kind of strike I was expecting because of the size of him. You expect him to be back to goal, that kind of, you know, hold, hold it up deep, get people into play and score some headers or so. But he's not, he's explosive. He really, he, he kind of wants to seem to play off the shoulder and so on. And then it comes to life in the box, which we haven't had for a while. And when, when the cross came in, I mean, it was brilliant work from Ayu. I mean, he, he, drew, he drew the full back out, spinning, running behind him and just left him for dead, basically. And that's why Dunk ended up getting sucked out. When the cross comes in, you know, Jordan's done great work, but it's not, it's not the best of crosses. And I was just thinking, like, he's not gonna, there's no way he can score here. Like, what's he going to do? Like, how is he going to hold it up? And as those thoughts are processing in my brain, the ball is in the back of the net. And I, I jumped out that I've got... Um, the kid's ball pit was in front of me. That went that went flying everywhere. It was balls <laughs> everywhere. I'm screaming. I'm screaming the house down while the kids asleep, trying not to. I'm not supposed to be waking her up. Thankfully, the white noise machine did its job. Screaming like Dr was in in that clip that we've just heard, and it's it's just amazing. Like there, if he goes on to become a Palace here like legend, scores loads of goals for us and stuff like that. To be like to help us to say your first goal was a double nutmeg back hill <laughs> at Brighton in one of the biggest smashing grabs in Premier League history. It was just, it was unbelievable. And it's, they talked about it as well in the, um, in, in the sky room when they were saying it's not just the spin in the back hill, it's holding a defender off at the same time as well. And they went on to show clip upon clip upon clip of people yeah. scoring back hills like that. And not one of them had to hold off a defender in any sort of way like Mateta did, which just shows that he's certainly got something about him. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm going to give uh, the pair of you a, a chance to react to that opening goal as well and, and tell us about, you know, again, your your reaction and, and really to talk a little bit about Mateta because, you know, there wasn't a massive contribution, but he was playing up top on his own. But to still have that presence of mind, Eskif, to to basically be in the right place, acting like a like an instinctive striker should. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we saw his debut against Leeds, it was a tough game because we didn't really get the ball to him at all and, and sort of petered out very quickly. Um, and the first sort of 20 minutes or so of that game, he didn't he didn't really get into it. He had a few touches, didn't really get into it. But like like you say, if you can have a striker who comes alive at the right moments, and it sounds it sounds easy, but you know, so we we obviously know it's not. For him for him to be able to have that presence of mind to get in the area, like like Terence said, uses uses physicality before you even think about back healing across it's insane like like I said the noise I made was like otherworldly because I was like it was a mix of like brilliant sort of elation but also like I can't believe that he's done that and I kept trying to try and do the noise now no come on <laughs> I, you, you wait till, till I've been on the gin you'll get the noise I reckon <laughs> but that's for that's for that's for postseason um but yeah look when 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 he scored, I, I just kept saying to Vanessa, I was like, I can't believe he scored that goal. I can't believe that he has scored. Like a Palace player has scored a back heel double nutmeg. Um, and I do want to give a little shout out as well to the face and noise that he made when he thought that he was going to be given off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all shit us. We all shit ourselves at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, um, good. And then I think there's a bit where you see Andros come up to him being like, you're fine. You're all right. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I... I like I say, to, to to even try the to to finish like that is insane. But to to actually come off and do it at Brighton away is unbelievable. And Albert, I, I probably an unfair question to ask you considering the gin you've consumed. But I've been trying <laughs> to remember whether or not I could think of certainly a Palace player ever scoring a, a not as iconic a goal like that as a as a debut goal the fir- their first goal a goal of that quality can we remember any other quality debut strikes but if you can't you can you can just give your reaction as well no i think the close the closest thing uh, the closest thing that i can get to that was the 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 Ventola goal uh yeah when he'd been crocked for however long and obviously it wasn't, I don't think it was his debut, but just to come off the bench and score a goal like that was probably the biggest, like, what the fuck moment I can remember in terms of scoring your first goal for the club and only goal for the club. 
Uh, but 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 yeah, like what a yeah. I mean, you guys have covered it. It's a, you know, there's 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 nothing else I can add to how good that goal was. Um, completely against the run of play. Um, we obviously don't create a lot of chances. So again, any, any striker that's gonna you know add some numbers to their game has got a has got to really <laughs> latch on to the small scraps that we create currently and. What a way to do it! Yeah, I'm, I, 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 can't, I can't add anything more to it. I've got to say, you're right to. I've got to correct myself. Called it a debut goal. Obviously, it wasn't a goal on his debut. It was his first goal. It was probably slightly wrong wording me from there. But we can go straight into talking about Benteke's winner. So a second half where yeah, we skip, did skip out, skip out all the other nothing. shit <laughs> between. As yeah, as a absolutely right. We we did nothing in terms of contribute to to any kind of real attack did we i think i don't know if it's completely fair that the commentators said it was our only attack of the half but i am struggling to remember anything else i could really realistically call an attack yeah i think ben teke just after he came on he had a shot from about 25 yards that's right yeah he did did well to wiggle clear and that was our only other shot in the game yeah yeah so again when when that 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 came about from of course uh, Brighton were were pressing, but they'd seemed to have kind of run out of ideas a little bit. You know, it, it got less frantic from about seventy minutes on. It almost kind of start kind of to start to wind down. They had all of the ball, but I think they'd started to lose a bit of confidence that they were going to get anything. Um, and it was Ben White, wasn't it, who had just had a bit of a moment. Gyro closed it, closed a, a pass down. It hit him on the back. He turned away from it like you're told not to, but. There's a big shout from Ray Lewington on the sidelines of well done, Gyro. Uh, and then the ball sort of dropped back to White. And for some reason, he just hooked it over his head, didn't he? That bit of panic, trying to get the ball forward, trying to build that that last minute attack and by hooking it up in the air. And the, the funny thing is, it goes up and then Benteke tries to take it down, doesn't it? And he takes the worst touch possible. But we just pick up the loose ball. And it goes back out to the, it ends up at the, uh, well, feet of Jordan, are you? Welbeck doesn't do the tactical foul and, and Ayu just powers on past him. Done all that running to still have that energy and that drive to, to run like that. You know, he deserves a, a lot of plaudits. I've been really harsh on him this season because, he, you know, in my view, he's been poor, but he never stops working. And then for him to, to, to you know, to push like he did, put the ball out to, uh, to Townsend. And Townsend doesn't really look up, does he, when he plays the cross? You know, he sort of glances up, but then just thinks, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to take that step, whip it in with the left foot. And then Benteke is just pulled away perfectly. You know, obviously, Bern is, is poor, not to not really to stick with him, but to pull away at the far post. And the finish, you know, I didn't see that coming, Terence. I mean, Benteke, a confident Christian Benteke when he was, you know, banging in 15 Premier League goals. Yeah, totally. I can see that. But the Benteke we've seen for the last few seasons, absolutely not. It was just unbelievable. Well, what it was like, both goals, was those videos that we release on training every week where the the strikers are banging in every chance they get. That's what it was like. It was like one of those. It was like, oh, that's not CGI footage that we watch every week from the training (laughs) ground kind of scenario. But uh, yeah, I mean, I want to like take it way back because there's so many different like bits in that goal that... No, you know, just when you start getting into things like I'm not sure chaos theory is the right thing, but for everything to come together for for anything to happen in the world at any point is like a miracle, right? So you just Benteke's touch is dreadful. Well, Ben White's hook clearance is dreadful. Could go anywhere. The rebound off Jaya Reedaval could go anywhere. Um, Benteke's 
terrible touch could go anywhere. Um, James McCarthy is telling um, Jordan Ayew not to take the ball. He's like, he's like, mine, mine, mine. And Jordan just brushes him aside. And um, halfway across the pitch, Danny Welbeck's chasing him. And you've got Graham Potter on the side saying, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. Like the sheer arrogance of it. Like, you know, we don't want him to waste some time. Like, let's win the ball back and get a winner. And then if you look back, when Andros hits the cross, it bobbles up slightly in front of him. So that's why it goes where it goes, because he's just, he kind of slices it a bit, sandwiches a bit, and it does the most weirdest thing, because it looks like he's doing an away swinger, but then it's sort of halfway through, cuts back in the air, the ball sort of straightens a bit. And um, yeah, just to finish, as you say, just one of one of confidence that, that we've not really, you know, he threatened it at West Brom this season. But to to finish with such a plumb so late in the game and then just take it so easy and so cool with a celebration, it was just, yeah, unbelievable. Living room limbs, as I called it. Absolutely. And the iconic words, Hesk, of, of they couldn't, could they? And they did, right? Yeah, we did. And uh, it, it's one of those lines of commentary that we're definitely going to remember forever, <laughs> not necessarily in the way that we remember Wilfs because it was the playoff semi. But... Just, you know, the, the thought, because I think we were all thinking there's no way he's scoring this, you know. I, I, I've i defended Benteke on this on this pod up to a point, but at that at the time he was shaping the shoot, I was like, oh, come on. So, um, yeah, the line of they couldn't, could they? And then we actually did, coupled with Lewis Dunk having a meltdown, um, is something that I have replayed on video... Uh, Ad nauseum. So, and, and Gyro is screaming, isn't he? And I'll, I'm going to bring Albert in on this, even though he's clearly looking at his phone because we can now see each other now. Um, but <laughs> so uh, you, on the on the Palace All Access stuff, which is obviously a great watch um, for the for the Brighton game, you've got Benteke at the far post and Gyro screaming for him to lay it off. Have you ever been that guy in five aside? Um, and I think Terence, you tweeted. The Kaka video when he was playing five aside, where there's a guy screaming Kaka, Kaka, play it, play it, and he smashes it into the top corner. Have you ever been that guy in five aside screaming for the ball and not getting it, and someone does something like that? No, I'm very, I'm very much at the back in five aside. <laughs> um, I, I would have you down, Albert, as you've, you're a bit like Dean Gordon. You've got a shot on you. So you just take every now and then you mix it up. The goalie rolls it out to you. And you just have a have a. Well, pot. as we saw in the five aside game against FYP, yeah, I can I can bang one in from my own half. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> and then immediately have to go off after because I was a bit puffed out. <laughs> but edit that bit out. But in in my head, you've already sort of um, alluded to it, Terence. Like when Andros crosses that ball in. It's there's something weird going on with the perspective, and then the ball looks like it's almost going out for a f- like for a throw in, like it's like that's just way over Benteke's head, and then you sort of again you see him, you see him sort of squaring up, squaring up to like hit it, and in my head, in my head, this noise was going off, like it was going to be a complete air, <laughs> complete air swing. He was just like the ball was going to be nowhere near him. He's going to absolutely lash at it, and all I saw his leg move. And all of a sudden, the ball was in the net. It was it was very very impressive. And uh, listen, we've all been through the reactions already. Uh, but what a finish! Yeah, no, it's just a beautiful moment. Again, we you know I used the word iconic already. We're talking about Mateta's goal. That's an iconic bit of commentary. An iconic finish. 
and it it just seems to happen so often against Brighton. It's um, it's why they're probably the best rivals you can have because they just they <laughs> give so so much to you. And even in those moments where they have that little bit of success, it doesn't last. They get overconfident with it, and it always gets rammed back in their face. Yeah, we also got um the the first goal as well. We didn't even mention that it got the Mateta oh yes treatment. Same commentator as Azaharo, yes. Same line. He needs to make it uses it once every uh, nine years or whatever it is. <laughs> I think as well, talking about the rivalry. Whenever there's a game that actually matters, it's always Palace against that lot. You know, we haven't played him for ages. Beaten five nil. First game of the Amex. Beat them. Playoff. Beat them. Game where they had like 134 shots to two. Beat them. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that they can, you know, we take the piss out of them for the XG and the possession and all that, but it's like, guys, you've got to try and score a goal. You've got to try and, you know, every now and again, when it matters, do something. Um, but I think the only thing, like, this is not a downer, but could you imagine, could you imagine the carnage at the Amex when Benteke's goal goes in at the away end as well? Mm. Like, not not to like sour it a bit, but that's not soured it at all. I thought you were going to say. I think you were saying. Can you imagine if we hadn't have won? It would have been because. Which let's face it, we're all thinking that as well. <laughs> yeah, we we were. And there's there's reasons for that as well, which unfortunately we will have to get into to some bit. You've had a good thirty odd minutes of us being euphoric and, and laughing and enjoying the moment, but we do have to talk a little bit about the game in it, itself as well. But we won't dwell on it too long. Um, so I suppose one thing we got, and again, there's some positives to talk about here because if you look at the the lineup selection, you look at the formation, you look at the system. Um, you know, Terence, you were talking about it beforehand that that Roy really did, and the, and the coaching staff as well, obviously did actually do what we we've been crying out for a lot, which is you know look at the players available, look at the opposition, and really try and come up with a with the best way of, of dealing with the situation. We knew Brighton were going to have a lot of possession anyway, so we you know we we did get that extra body in midfield that we've missed a lot. Um, and and we did, you know, sacrifice the, the sort of attack inside of the game and, and try to play on the break. And you could say it worked, you know, and I do have some thoughts about whether or not that was down to the system and down to, you know, certainly the player's effort was fantastic. The, de- the defending at times heroic, but we, you know, we rode our luck and they were very wasteful with finishing at times as well. But you know, it's, it was pleasing to see Roy change something and, and, and try things a little bit differently, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm, I think that it's also worth pointing out that it was clear from that game that he hasn't lost the dressing room, that's, which is the way the players played for him and threw their bodies on the line. And Cahill touched on it a lot about after the game, talking about we got, we're getting back to basics a bit on defending and making sure we're doing the fundamentals right and, you know, it's a it's a big game for the fans, so you you put your body on the line. But in terms of the formation, I, when we lined up, I thought, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a four three three, and it's gonna be a little bit like we're gonna have a go. Very quickly became this is a very flat four five one, which I understand why he's done it, but I don't I don't understand why he just sacrificed Eze's whole entire game playing him along just as a third defensive midfielder because that's what they all were. They were all sat very very deep and. It wasn't until halfway through, maybe even later than that, in the second half, where Eze even had a single chance to run and they just hacked him down immediately. So it was a shame to see him just wasted in that position and it showed how <laughs> completely negative it, our approach was in his mind. And um, yeah, but at least he's attempted to tactically change something based on the opponent, which we haven't seen much of in the last year. Absolutely right. And, you know, I, I 
I tweeted during the game, and, and I even said, you know, if we end up winning this, I'll still, I'll, I'll gloat, I'll enjoy it, I'll celebrate, but there'll still be something in the back of my mind that was really, really fucked off with how bad we were, you know, and and we were really, really bad. There's no two ways about it. Well, I, I absolutely took one for the team by I never tagged Parish in a tweet, and I'd finally got to the stage where I tagged Parish in a tweet and said something along the lines of, you know, how much more of this do we have to put up with? We've had three shots to their forty-four across the two games how much longer do we have to put up with this like literally as ben white swiped it in the air well what's ridiculous and how much it like struck on the thing it, it got nearly 200 likes before ben teke put the ball in the back of the net wow. which is ridiculous <laughs> so it shows how much on the money it was but then we all were backtracking very quickly was one of them from steve parish <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I did also say after did this still this this sentiment still stands we were yeah, you can't yeah. can't never back down terence <laughs> there was nothing to back down from I'll, we'll talk about the stats shortly yeah we, we will yeah well i mean look you know it's no doubt about it before that goal goes in twitter was toxic it was you know it was toxic till we scored in the first half when they equalized and when we were getting an absolute battering you know and it seemed like only a matter of time before brighton scored and we did, you know, we did nothing. And even the substitution, where the only change we made to to try and change the game was to go like for like, striker for striker. And as it turned out, you know, Hodgson looks like a genius. But you know, but I don't, I don't think I think you can see by his reaction he didn't didn't expect Benteke to do that because um, I think that's the first time I've visibly seen Roy Hodgson swear with delight. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, look, there was a few little things as well in the selection, and I, I want to talk, get your views, uh, Heskiff, on on Wardy starting over Klein. So, you know, kind of, how did you feel initially thinking that? Because you know, I always feel like Klein's the better, the better right back. But Wardy had a tremendous game, and we've already already praised him at the top of the show. Yeah, I think he did have a good game. It it's you know when we've talked about Ward and Klein in the past this season, it's it's been, I guess, centered around Klein's a bit more forward thinking, a bit more attacking. Um, but for me, I guess, I mean, in hindsight, because already had a good game, I, I'm, I'm fine with Ward playing. Um, if I'd have known that his record against Brighton was as good as it was, I'd have been absolutely delighted, to be honest. But um, he, yeah, he played very well. I think maybe it does go back to perhaps Roy was thinking to be a bit more solid. So we had Mitchell on the left as well. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think that, I think the defence... Certainly, um, should should be applauded goalie as well because they they were all excellent. It was bodies on the line, you know. The, the amount of diving and sliding um, that was done was 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 brilliant. And you know, I felt sorry for Mitchell on on the Brighton goal because he he actually made a really good tackle on I think it was Welbeck, um, but because their their bloke had sort of run behind Andros who hadn't bothered going with him, you know, it, it was punished, but. Yeah, I think de- defensively, you know, I, I've I've been a bit critical of Cahill in, in recent weeks, but I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought Kiate, Kiate, especially in the first half, Cahill, especially in the second half, were, were both very, very good. So um, as poor as the overall performance was and as non-existent as the midfield was, I think defensively, they should all be applauded, you know, massively. Well, but what do you think the, the difference was at the back there? I mean, Kiate and Cahill... You know, were were excellent. Kiate has been sort of rested out of the team recently. Only just got back in. Uh, probably did need a rest, in all fairness. But Cahill, probably up until the Brighton game, where 
you know, he really put himself on the line repeatedly, took a you know massive whack to the face, was you know, throwing his body at everything, and he, he had a tremendous game despite looking like he was, you know, finished almost at, at this level. Um, what do you think was behind that that defensive improvement? It's hard to say because we've been so we've been so utterly soft from set pieces and and all sorts of scenarios over the last few games. So, I mean, other than other than just sheer determination, that's all, that's all I can put it can put it down to. Really, you know, it's, uh, Cahill acknowledged it was a big game for for the fans, um, even if the you know the team don't necessarily feel that as a as a rivalry. Um, you know, Brighton were a bit wasteful. Um, you know, but that 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 doesn't. That doesn't take away from the fact that there were, you know, decent saves and decent blocks going in. And, you know, listen, I can't sit here and say that you know, we've already alluded. It, was a, it wasn't a great overall performance, certainly in the attacking sense. But sometimes when you just, you know, dig deep and and defend, you know, it, it can be your day. And, you know, we, we would have taken, I'd have taken a point out of that game probably before kickoff I'd have taken that I'd, I'd have taken a point at 88 minutes I'd have taken a point at 89 minutes you know we're like I say we're incredibly incredibly fortunate to come away with the three points as good as those goals are the rest of the performance was, was severely lacking but you, you can't you can't fault the, 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 the determination and grit that we showed at the back and I think and I think that's ultimately what kept us in the game even for a point let alone three Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as well because that you know that goes back to the whole the whole point we've been talking about, which is you know the the banner went up, didn't it, with with the HF saying you know the lack of ambition, the lack of desire, you know that kind of stuff. Um, but I thought that the performance against Brighton showed that 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 lack of ambition and desire isn't with the players; they they have that within them to to give that level of commitment and that level of performance. So perhaps does it maybe point to that? the lack of ambition being with the manager, um, which is what we've been talking about a lot. And I, and I would say this, we look at you look at that game and it's very easy to say, tactically, we played it exactly right. We, we hit him on the break. We soaked up pressure. What a fantastic managerial display that was. But I think it's equally valid to say that wasn't the only way for this squad to win that game. That wasn't, we didn't have to expect people to put bodies on the line, be absolute heroes defending and, barely attack to win that football match. It just so happens that's how we did. So I think there's there's a point to consider there. But I mean Terence, I don't know if you want to take us quickly through the the, the stats that you wanted to get into. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, an actually great segue into it because across the two games, we've effectively treated Brighton like their Barcelona from 2009 is what we've done because in that game alone, 25 attempts versus our three Um their expected goals, <laughs> 2.5 versus our 0.2. 52 <laughs> Just 10, just 10 times more goals than us. Yeah, yeah. 52 touches in our penalty area. A game is only 90 minutes long. They were, they were in our penalty area touching the ball more like pretty much every other minute in the game, less than every other minute in the game. That's ludicrous. I joked on Twitter that we should have been charging them rent for for living in our penalty area uh 75% possession and 13 corners to our big whopping zero we couldn't even muster a corner didn't need them didn't need them then <laughs> and you go back to you know two touches in the penalty area it's um we've had worse this season at, at Anfield 
it was that back end of last season. I can't remember. All these seasons seem to blend into one at the moment. But with the uh, Andros Townsend touching it just right on the corner of the area in the first 30 seconds of the game and then we didn't touch it again. So yeah. this isn't new. But uh, you understand it a little bit more against Liverpool than you do against Brighton. And then when you look at the two games as an aggregate, um, obviously the, the stat that matters is that we scored three and they scored two and we've taken four points this season. But four shots versus 45. 29% possession versus 71. 524 completed passes versus 1,254 completed passes. And a, a grand, we, in, at least in the home game, we managed a few more touches in the box. We totaled nine across the two games versus their 89. So across the two games, they did have the ball in our area every other minute, which is just, it, it's laughable. It's not, we're not playing Barcelona. We're not playing Manchester City. It's Brighton and they're our rivals and it's the game that matters most to the fans and we need to be doing more to beat them as I say with a lot with a smile on my face because obviously we did yeah. beat them but yeah. the approach is wrong yeah for sure um so I've only got a couple of bits left I just want to go through each of you and just you know give give a shout out to, to who you thought were the, the best performers in, in your man of the match I'll start with you Albert I'm going to go the other way this time so, um, who who would you pick out as the outstanding player for you, or, or any performances of note? Who was the fella that went dizzy to lose Ben Teke? <laughs> Dan Burn. Yeah, that guy. Actually, he probably was. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, how about you, Hesketh? Should have been sent off. Incidentally, I know that the ref let him off because it, 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 he he was trying to keep the play up to speed, but he handballed it when he was on a yellow card very deliberately just after we scored. And um, this should, that should have been a second yeah. yellow. Just, you know, we want them to go down, so we want them to lose their players <laughs> for upcoming games. I, yeah, no, well, I frankly, don't. I'm not sure. I yeah. like getting four points out of a team. Keep them up, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I saw that, that handball. I almost think he'd do more damage playing at left-back for them for the rest of the season than being out, to be honest. Um, very, uh, very odd player. I have to say. But um, yeah, go on, Hesketh. Anyone you want to pick out? Um, I thought Ayu had a very good game. Uh, I know it's weird, I guess, for a, for a forward player because we barely got the ball forward, but he put a lot of work in. He put a lot of work in and his his run, you know, in the build-up to the second goal and he got the assist in the first hit and he showed that, you know, he, he made it count when he did get the ball. So as... You could pick any of the defenders, and I'd say, yeah, I agree. But I think uh, a little shout out to Ayu because I think he he worked his socks off and and uh, helped us get the win yeah. massively. Frankly, you could almost praise him as one of the outstanding defenders as well, with the amount of work he did. You know, almost back in his own box, he was he was superb. Like I say, the most pleasing thing for me was was how much he was still running running at the end to to get us that goal in the ninety fifth minute um, with with his with his sort of pace and power again there. So. Terence, how about yourself? Yeah, Jordan Ayew was man of the match for me. By assisted the first goal, played a massive part in the second. Did not stop running tackles, interceptions, the lot. Um, you can make an argument for Cahill, especially on his second half performance. And not much said about Vinny Guaita. He made a triple save in that point. It's, it's because it isn't like um, you know full stretch tippy kind of saves. Like they were all blocks, and it was all a bit messy, and you couldn't even make out who was blocking it. That triple save was unbelievable. So a shout out to him as well. But mm. I just think Jordan Ayew put a shift in so much defensively and the two times we got forward, he made it count. Yeah. 
So I just, yeah, and and this part by talking about the fact that, I mean, Albert touched on it earlier, how good it would have been to to have been in the stadium to be celebrating that, and you know, I, I would have been there, and um, and I, I would have absolutely loved that moment. It would have been up there with the the celebrations from the three one at the Amex, where I lost my mind completely and was bundled over and crushed and missed the third goal and all that stuff, which are the moments that really stick out in your mind. When you think about how much you miss football at the moment and how you miss going to games, you know, I miss that, that just the insanity of a last minute winner. And, in a, you know, at an away ground that you hated rivals and how much we would have had, to, you know, we'd been running around Brighton city center, gloating, all that kind of stuff. So I missed that, but, um, but it still felt like something that, that I think we all needed as a fan base. We haven't had those moments. And that's why we have got a bit toxic at times. And that's why we've, people have got on to Hodgson. Because, you know, we've got the whole thing about lockdown, not going to games. But also, even watching it on TV, it's been so little to inspire us. And even though it wasn't an inspiring performance, when you beat your rivals with the last kick of the game, that's inspiring. That's what we're all in it for, if you like, really. You know, all of us, no matter what we say about about you know how fed up we are with things, moments like that will change everything. And we, you know, we don't want them every week. We're not greedy, but we just want want a chance of that sometimes. And you know, if it keeps happening, I, I will change my mind on Roy, and I, I'll want him for another season if we can if we can keep giving ourselves moments of joy like that. But they've been too few and far between, I think. But we've got to enjoy this one. So I'll uh, I'll leave it there, and we can head into the preview. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll do we'll do a, a, a brisk preview this week. Um, I, I won't mention that I think we've got enough of a cushion now to let Fulham win, to drag Brighton into it even more. Um, probably, probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> it's probably not that much of a cushion, is it? But of course, um, it, sh- it shows how massive the Brighton result was. Um, you know, we would have only been, was it for, what, what we currently know, it would have been seven points ahead of Fulham going into the game on the weekend had we lost that game. And then obviously a defeat would have led it to being four points behind them and really getting dragged into it. So it shows a huge result against Brighton and takes a bit of the pressure off of us in this one should the results have gone a bit poor against um, against our rivals. But um, yeah, going into the game, still injury list as long as our arm. I can't imagine that Will's going to be back at this, at this juncture. Probably still another maybe one or two games for him. Um, Kearney's out for them, which is obviously a big loss. And Mitrovic, um, doubtful with... COVID, uh, broke the COVID rules earlier in the year, didn't get COVID, but now it's finally caught up with him. Um, mm. So what's what stats are we, are we getting this week? So uh, unfortunately, we haven't gained any more strengths yet, although it is now saying we're likely to score from wing play situations after scoring two from two crosses on the weekend. So that's mm. good. But interesting one here. Um, and it's a, it's a weird kind of mix. So Fulham have failed to win 28 of their last 31 away matches which is ridiculous in in Premier League football. But um, Heskiff, they've, they're unbeaten in their last six, but five of those are draws. So kind of a mixed bag there. Mm. Yeah, they've they've been all right lately. I mean, I, I thought they'd won more, I suppose, than they have. But they definitely look like they've learned quite a bit about, about the league and how to play in it from, from the early... From the early few games, where they looked all right going forward, but their defence looked absolutely awful. Um, I mean, the game where we played them away, <clears throat> I know it ended two one, but I thought we were much better than them. And they had a couple of chances, but I didn't even really think we got out of gear. So 
they've improved a lot, and and their their form at the moment's um, their form at the moment's looking all right. Um, but we could, yeah. I mean, like we've spoken about with that Bryant game, we need we just need to be better with the ball. I don't think we can carry on giving the ball away to opposition teams and and thinking that we're going to get out of it in the way that we did against Brighton. Um, and with players like you know Lookman and Loftus Cheek, seemingly in good form. Both, both of not, them are take up Both, I was saying both. Yeah, yeah they, I think. Um, how we had never looked at Lookman, I don't understand. Um, you know, so I, I think they're a better team than we would normally expect them to be. Um, so it's going to be it'll be it'll be a good game, I think. But yeah, we just need to just need to be better holding the ball. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we approach this Hambo because we've got we've got a team who's in form, but we've also been particularly good at beating newly promoted teams under Hodgson and this season, more notably, picking up points against teams below us. So you've got to see that Roy is going to not see this as a game where we should sit back and we'll actually try and go to win it, I'd imagine. Yeah, you'd certainly hope so, because we, we, to be fair, we we have been a bit more open and expansive against those teams and that's why we've beaten them. We've had a little bit of a a shift in that sense, haven't we, in the sense that we used to probably be a bit too respectful of them but but our style would work better against top six teams and we'd kind of almost pick up the points that way whereas we have very much <laughs> kind of surrendered to top six mostly and but we've just had that shift in style the 4-4-2 being that that tiny bit more open and not worrying quite so much about their strengths it, it has kind of worked for us this season at times and it's why we've got 32 points on the board but I don't, I, you know, I worry with the with the the players that we've got available that Hodgson will go with that same approach against Brighton, and, and I think that would be a big mistake um, because I do think Fulham are there, you know, really fighting. That's that's what's been behind their improvement in their form. It, you know, it got desperate. They kind of got to that point where they had to do something about it. They had to change what they were doing because the approach they had wasn't working. So they've had to take a few more risks. If you go back to when we beat them previously, they weren't bad against us. You know, they they probably should have scored um, before we did. I think so. Can't sure I'm remembering the game exactly right, but but you know they they weren't terrible against us, but they they had problems at the back, didn't they? They were they weren't clinical enough, and they were quite easy to get get through and score. I think they they have shifted that now. It's slightly harder to score against them, and they're that little bit more dangerous. So. I think we'd be wrong to to focus too much on their strengths, but I think naturally with the team available, I think that's where Roy will go, and I think it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, absolutely. I think Loftus Cheek has finally got fit, and he's playing consistently. Lookman's finally settled in after his penalty mishaps, where he did the Penenka penalty and missed and stuff like that. But um, and adding Mazur in is actually you know a bit more pace to their front line, so they look a lot more dynamic going forward. And they've, they've been a decent team, and a, a lot of the draws have been you know they've had a lot of draws where they could have easily turned them to wins with that extra bit of know how and whatever. But you know they're slowly starting to tick those over, and they they they've been playing some good stuff. I mean. Well, with with Roy out of contract at the end of the season, I wouldn't be too miffed if Scott Parker's name got thrown into the hat for it. To be honest, with the style of football he's got on playing, but um, and it, and as we say, the, the difference between now and then, he's he's clearly learning on the learning and on the job because he's getting them playing much better stuff. He's adapting and he's he's you know making them look like a team that people are actually looking over their shoulders at and getting concerned about. Um, 
I saw I saw one Palace tweet um, taking it from Oldham all the way down to Ham and then building it up to Fulham. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> that might um, be what happens to us in a relegation sense. Mm. But um, so I think we've put those fears to bed now. But um, Albert, what, what do you think he's going to do? Do you think, do you share Hambo's fears that it will stick with a 4 5 1? Or do you think that, you know, given that, Mateta is a bit more wants to play off your shoulder. We could see a four four two with Benteke and Mateta up top and see how that works. Well, yeah, I mean, you couldn't blame Roy for trying it. You know, the, as we've talked about, they're the the last two two strikers to score in the same game for however many years. However many years it's been that Heskey's been married, so you. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the greatest stretch of imagination for those two to start, and you know maybe there is something there in a in a four four two with, you know, two two big guys up front that um, can maybe take advantage of a, a defence that, you know, has traditionally been quite soft, but they've, they've only conceded one goal in their last four games. So it's kind of, it's it's always going to be. I mean, Roy's kind of keeping us on our toes the last few games. You know, he, he you know PVA at out wide, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he has tried to mix it up as probably as much as Roy Hodgson can uh, with the squad available. So I, all bets are off. We're, we're on, we're off this massive, elate, uh, you know, elation of absolutely undeservedly um, beating Brighton and then going in, going into a game against a team that we have done fairly well against in recent fixtures. But, yeah, listen, they're they're picking up a bit of form and they're playing some you know half decent football with with some half decent players. So you know, I'm I can't say I'm steaming into it full of confidence based on the performance at Brighton. The the result was great. The performance wasn't. Um, I'd 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 love to take a a, a decent performance, a, a clearly decent performance with a with a boring one nil win, um, just to sort of settle the nerves down, but. Something tells me it's going to be a bit more complicated than that. Go on then. You might as well finish it off there with your prediction. Uh, I think I'm going to go for a 1-1. Oh, cool. You're constantly stealing Heskis' predictions. He is. I was going to go one all. Uh, I'm going to go one all as well. I can't see see any other result. And Hambo, you you listen in and know how useless we are at this. So show us how it's done. (laughs) Look, I'm going to go positive and regret it. So I'm actually going to go a 2-0 Palace win with a decent performance. Yeah, I've... I've, I love love the addition of that with a decent performance. I mean, you've really gone balls out there. (laughs) Hashtag Manscaped. It'll it'll be be interesting Um, to see what he does. I think like, yeah, if we play... I weirdly would like to see us go back to a four four two for this and just actually have a go at him. And if, if he does that and he's and he's brave, um, we, you know, I say we've been we've been good at putting sword, teams below us to the sword. So um, I'll, I'll optimistically go two one and just think just just because we never signed Joss Major when we really wanted to, he'll probably pop up and score against us. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with a a two one and we can keep the good mood party bus rolling on and. Um, you know, as as we talked about last week, Roy is Roy will be helping us help him get to the end of the season where we can all part ways in a in a happy in a happy fashion and um, pat him on the back and send him send him off into Croydon with um, his head held high. <laughs> so.
So, um, I think next week, so we've got a weekend game, Hambo. So the match report will be a normal match report on a weekend. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Well, it's, we play Sunday at 12, don't we? Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I might, might be doing it on the Sunday night, might be on the Monday, but it would, it would you know, be fairly regular. You'll, uh, you'll get to do the preview without me next week, mm. which will be, um, I'm sure, will be nice. Devastating. You've got you've got these guys, Albert and Heskiff. They're they're great. They're two of my favourite guys from the preview show. <laughs> well, yeah, so listen out for the match report on the weekend, um, or, or Monday if it slips into that, or or not. Yeah, you know, um, you know just pre- preview pod strong. Come, just make sure you join us next week amongst anything else. Um, and yeah, all, all that's left to say is. As always, make sure you head over to manscaped.com. Use the code BOTN on all your products. Get 20% off and free shipping. And Heskiff and Albert, I will see you next week for the preview of our next fi- the next game. The next game. Which is against Manchester United. Man- A football team for Manchester United. Yes, but that says my, my spider senses tell me that that's the third of, that's a Wednesday. So oh. that is the night we're supposed to do the preview. Oh. Don't do Let's not. We can do a very quick <laughs> one just before kickoff. Oh, oh no, it's 4 4 You and your Manchester supporting wife, Manchester United supporting wife, to do the wash along. That is a great show. That is a show. Hey, that's not. Yeah. Fucking bu- <laughs> live bundle. <laughs> I think I think on certain places of the internet you can get good money for that. <laughs> Hashtag OnlyFans. Uh, yeah. Well, look, look at look at the socials. Our socials will tell you when um, when things are happening. But we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. But um, yes, enjoy it. It it wasn't the best performance, but it was an amazing win. So enjoy it. Hopefully, we can follow it up at Fulham on the weekend with another three points. So until the next time, up the palace.
it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.